Every week, Tyler gives out the rules he and I decided. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club, someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out, the fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, only one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first time at Fight Club, you have to fight. Ow! You can't fight in here. This is the war room. You can't handle the truth. King Kong ain't got shit on me. I am I'm so much crazier. I am the one who knocks. Go ahead. Make my day. Welcome to the 50th episode. Pew, pew, pew. What was that? It wasn't even... Meow, 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 meow. That's not how... That sounds like a uh, a cat doing an air horn impression. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. Welcome to the 50th... Meow, 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 meow. To the 50th episode of the podcast that is this one, which is Facing Off, a podcast in which we rate, review, and compare two movies that have some sort of similarity between the two. I am Jack Smirking Revenge. This is Jack's, Jack's Raging Bile Duck. Yeah, colon. And was... uh, welcome. To I get our... sick. I kill Jack. Welcome to our complete lack of surprise. <clears throat> I mean, podcast. Uh, hey, hey, man. This is I'm Nick. Not hi, Nick. Not Jack. Not Jack's anything. I'm Gabe, and dude, we made it. 50 episodes. I'm so dang proud of us. I'm uh, so Jack's broken heart. Yeah. No. What? You mean Jack's exploding heart. Uh, I am Jack's fully erect penis because <laughs> we are here. We've done 50 episodes. Thank you guys for being along for the journey. And boy, do we have such a great episode for you. At least Gabe... That's me. He's very excited for this episode. Uh, we're doing Fight Club versus The Machinist. Nick, what are these two movies? What happened in them? I didn't see them. Can you please give That's me a synopsis? That's not true. You were born ready to do this podcast oh, episode. Yeah. Um, we're going to go real quick because we got a lot to talk about because Fight Club's a great movie and it's Gabe's favorite. And he has a raging heart on. He wasn't lying. I'm very uncomfortable. Fight Club. <laughs> is the story of Tyler Durden, who is, spoiler alert, both the narrator and also Brad Pitt and also the mastermind behind an expansive national terrorist organization. Masculinity, bad. Capitalism, bad. Soap, good. The Machinist <laughs> is the story of... Wait, wait, spoil... Yeah, I'm going to say again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen The Machinist. The spoiler alert, The Machinist, spoiler alert, is the story of Trevor Resnick, <laughs> an emaciated operator of heavy machinery, whom we come to learn has created an alter ego because he, spoiler alert, ran over a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yep, that's pretty much it. 
yeah, so this is going to be a really heavy episode. Just kidding. It's going to be so fun. Spoiler alert. The through not. line with these two movies I was thinking about afterwards, they're probably not that similar, although I think The they Machinist totally is one of those movies that Shut is... Your butt. Um, it's it's something that was inspired by Fight Club, the book and movie. Um, I would say the biggest uh the biggest common thread is that these movies are about the dangers of not sleeping. It's mm-hmm. all going to be in your head, and both movies say literally both movies say no one ever died from insomnia. And guess what? Both movie characters that said that fuck you. Because true? clearly people will fact. die. I mean, in both movies, people fucking die because actually no one dies in The Machinist because of insomnia. Mm, that's true. A, yeah. But anyways, I that's guess, the through line. Yeah. Things are kind of in your head and, and it's all built off of some severe past trauma. Although you don't really know what it is in Fight Club. It's probably just shit with his dad and his all right let's start our podcast otherwise i might read this entire article called can you die of insomnia yeah please don't tell me that i'm really terrified (laughs) that i I have sleep problems uh yeah hey let's break down these two movies using a rating scale in five categories today we actually have 50 categories we have 50 categories and we're gonna rate (laughs) each of those 50 categories on a scale of one to seven just kidding we have only five categories stay up all year. Uh, yeah, so I we, we use a rating scale, one to seven. One being lowest, seven being highest, uh, and four being average or neutral or in between. Our five categories are our typical ones. We went back to that since we did a comedy one last time. We are going to be doing spectacularity, originality, actoring, eye candy, and legacy. Let's kick it off. With spectacularity. Yeah, baby. Spectacularity is where we talk about the engagement level of the movie. Uh, Were you heavily invested in the movie for the whole runtime? Or were you worried about how long the movie was? Were there things that were distracting? Were you on your phone a lot? Nick. No, I wasn't this time. For either movie. Let's start with uh, The Machinist, why don't we? Sure. Speaking of engagement... uh... Stay tuned to the end of the podcast if you want to know if you can die of insomnia, because I am the oh, only person. I thought you were going to propose to me. I'm the only person that knows the answer. He's already proposed Why to. would you think that? You said speaking of engagement. Yes, I did. And you said, wait until the end of the podcast, and then my heart stopped, and then you explained. There's a ring at the bottle, bottom of the bottle of wine that we're drinking together on this episode. Hmm. The Machinist. I mean, it's definitely really interesting. And I wanted to see why all of the things were happening. So you had never seen it before. And I had never seen The Machinist. Um, but, but I feel like it's not teased often enough or early enough just how delusional he really is. Yeah. And like what's really yeah, – yeah, I guess like spoiler alert again. Whatever. I guess what's really the most interesting to me about it and like the coolest twist – is kind of obvious, I guess, that he's lost so much weight and why he's lost weight and why he won't sleep anymore is related to, all relates back to killing a kid. And it's not quite teased enough, or wasn't for me teased enough or or, or early enough uh, to make it super engaging. So I'm going to give it a five. Uh, there are also some aesthetic 
choices that I just do not like, and some of the dialogue is not the best. But it's a great movie. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, no, that really well said. Uh, I give it a five as well, actually, so slightly above average. Um, I, I do, I do think that the way that they bring you into the movie is very engaging. He's immediate. He's yes. cleaning up a murder. What looks like. And definitely. And then he's getting rid of the body and then someone has a flashlight and then he's at home with that flashlight and you're like, oh, my God, he just killed another person and he's cleaning his hands with bleach. And there's a post it on the wall that says, who are you? Because someone says that when he's outside. And I think that's an incredible way to get you into the movie. I had seen this movie a lot. Uh, or not a lot. I had seen it like three or four times, but it was just one of those like movies that you watch in college where you're like, whoa, this movie's got a crazy twist. You really got to watch it, cinephiles. Yeah. Um, but I, what I, the genius of this movie, um, if there is any kind of brilliance to it, is sure. just the intrigue to know, to what you said, to knowing why he's skinny. Because otherwise, I didn't really know Christian Bale that well as like an actor. You know, we didn't become like good friends until later. But uh, <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't really recognize him that much as an actor when I first saw this. I, and I certainly didn't think he was this great, this huge, great actor that he's become. And sure. you're wondering, I mean, he is so insanely skinny that I'm like, why? What What could this possibly be? And mean? he's keeping track of it, which is really yeah. interesting. That's what I'm kind of saying is I think that like the pieces of that puzzle don't fit together in the most intriguing way, even though they are intriguing pieces by themselves. Yeah, I agree. I actually think that this movie's one of those ones that it really works the second time you watch. Once you know, you just, there are clues everywhere. I didn't even realize that every single scene, there are clues. You don't really know what's happening. Some of the dialogue's really off and you don't know why and you can't understand if it's in his head or not. That's another through line between Um, these two movies. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's the crossword puzzle, or not the crossword puzzle, the hangman game. (laughs) Which he plays incorrectly. Yeah, but that's going through the whole thing. There are certain scenes that are just like heavily engaging and like, like the workplace accident scene it's oh, so hard to watch, ugh. and I know when it's coming. That, I, but it's one of those ones that like you gotta watch it, uh-huh. and it has enough of that. I think the Route sixty six 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 scene is really good, especially since it literally teases exactly what happened in his life. That's true. Um, it's just a really good scene, but even his dialogue to the kid is so fake. But you know that's because <laughs> so, it's like in his head. He's never been a father figure. Yeah. And he's trying to the be. The whole like, time. It's, so, it's he's like, whoa, of... that's kind of gross. Yeah, huh? The whole yeah. time. He's like, oh, no. Oh, um, you know, mm, maybe cover your eyes. No. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, wow, this is uh, that's bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. There's like a dude getting head in it. It's pretty bad. But uh <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that I really like the way the movie comes together, and I, I it's not very long, so I, I think it is pretty engaging all the way through, more than the average movie, which is why I'd give it a five. Yeah. I love the ending, by the way, when he just says, I just want to sleep, and he when he goes to jail, and he fully, he like, I like how they come back to him turning himself in, and yes. with that guy looking up at him again, and he's like, what the fuck is wrong with what this guy? What is this guy's deal? I do got to say, the score is really weird, because it's yeah. like an old noir movie score, but it works. It definitely keeps you, like, like irritated the whole time. Yeah. It, it definitely, it, it does a good, that's, that's what I'm saying. I think the pieces are all there. They just don't fit together in the 
perfect way, but they're definitely. Good. I mean, it's a good movie. It is. It is. It's it's aged a little bit weirdly. Okay, let's talk about sure. uh, spectacularity with uh, Fight Club. Uh, you want to start? Oh boy, do I! Uh, this is like you need a cream? such an. <laughs> I'm definitely going to. This is such a like. I can understand if someone doesn't like this movie, but I find this movie to be so incredibly engaging. And if you're not engaged with the movie, you are just not going to have a good experience because you really need to pay attention to it. It's a hard seven out of seven for me. This is no surprise. Um, I've seen it many times. I've seen it. I think this could have been my 30th watch, maybe more. It has never, ever gotten boring to me ever. And I'm going to use a, light, a lot of hyperbole, uh, hyperbole in this episode. I can't speak. Um, I would say that knowing the end of this movie actually makes this movie even better. And that's a rare thing. I would agree. Um, it is. I, I definitely want to. Has I anyone ever go, not known the ending of this movie, by the way? Yeah, I know plenty of people that didn't know. But like, <laughs> I, when you're watching it, it's so fucking obvious when you rewatch it. Even the book, when you read the book afterwards, it's so obvious that it's in his head. But the movie is masterful, and I want to go back to that first time I ever watched it because it, it truly did fuck See, me up. I don't think I ever n- didn't know the twist. I think that I sucks. always knew the twist. Yeah. There's all, like, one it's th- so obvious if you, when you rewatch it. It's stupid how obvious it is. It is. And, but what's, it's not even, it, the movie doesn't even need to be, it's not even trying to hide it, which is no. so, th- this is what's so expertly done in this movie. David Fincher and uh, Ools, I, I can't remember the, uh, Jim Ools or something, the, yeah, the writer. Yeah. He, they expertly lay out the clues visually all throughout the movie. I mean, there's like the flashes of Tyler Durden that you don't, you, I didn't notice the flashing Tyler Durden in the beginning until the, maybe the sixth time I saw the movie or something. It, it really rewards so rewatching. Obvious. There's Starbucks cops and like uh, Starbucks cups and every <laughs> cops. Uh, there's Starbucks cups in every single scene, I guess, hidden away somewhere. I think it's really quotable all the way throughout. So you're yeah. engaged in that way. I think the mont. I always talk about in spectacularity, montages when they're handled really well will keep you very engaged in a movie and a lot of the project mayhem montages are great yeah um the score multiple good montages really good ones um i think the um each time it hits different you know like you notice a different thing each watch so it took me maybe 10 watches to notice there, there's a part when they're on the highway and he tells them to let go and they get into a car accident. The car flips up. So the narrator, Edward Norton, is in the passenger seat. The car flips over and and he gets out. Uh, because the car is flipped over, since it looks like he's still getting out of the same door, he gets out on the right side. But that's the driver's side door. And it's just like little brilliant moments like that where they're just showing you it. I mean, there's the... I mean, Marla has a line where she's like... Oh, dude, she says something like, oh, you don't even you don't even seem like yourself or something. Or like... Oh. There's so many... Every, every conversation so... with Marla later, you know? I mean, there's like little things like when Lou comes in, I'm fucking Lou. Uh, when he comes in and is beating up Tyler, the narrator moves in the background every time Tyler gets punched. Because he's, mm. it's happening to him. He can't imagine himself away from that. Yeah. Um. This there's oh, a wow. there's a long montage where you could hear the loud fucking upstairs, and 
when he receives the phone call from the cop, he the sex immediately stops right when he answers the phone because it's like in the back of his mind. And when he's on the phone call, it's like so obvious that Tyler doesn't know that he's on the phone with the cop, but he's saying like, tell him the liberator is whatever. I, uh, there's so many, there's so many things. I just, the end gives me chills every single time I watch this movie. I have one negative thing. I'll wait until after it's seven. It's so spectacular. You have one negative thing? One thing that bothers me. Interesting. Interesting. I, I mean, I also gave it a seven. I think your first time through the movie is like such a huge trip and it's like, I mean, for our like cultural group, I think it's like, it's almost like a milestone, like a life milestone to watch this movie. Yeah. Like a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. That's the, the better term, the term I should have known. Yeah. I don't really know the milestone thing. It's like. What an achievement that you watch. It is. It's it like is. you for get me, a little, like a little Xbox Live achievement for it. There's, there's, there's a new line or a new scene. Like you, the step, the getting out of the car on the right on the on the driver's side. Like even that. Every time I talk about it, every time I watch it, there's a new scene where I'm like, God, it's brilliant. Like, how did I not? Of course, he's the the narrator. Of course, it's the same guy. Oh. And there's a new one of those scenes every time you watch it. So even just for that reason, it's got to be a high level of, of engagement. But, I mean, there's nothing to me not to like about Fight Club. Unless you're, you know, turned off by violence and, and like, liposuction fat dripping down onto Brad Pitt's hands. <laughs> but that's such a disgusting scene. So or the lie scene is so fucking tough to watch. No, I actually, I don't... It's not really... This isn't really a knock. This is like if I had to be specific. This is my favorite movie. So like if I had to like find something, I don't like the scenes that he chooses to show when the narrator is going back through his head to realize that Tyler, he was Tyler the whole time. Mm. They're very specific. Like one of them is when Tyler is talking to the screen and the and the film starts fucking up on each side. He's like, "You're not your fucking khakis," and like, and it starts messing up. They redo that, and I'm like, "That was made for the audience. That wasn't made for you." Like, yeah, I that okay. is the that is literally it's just bizarre what he chooses in that. And if I ever had to knock anything, it'd be that. Even though the editing is superb, even yeah. in that scene, I get okay. I, I mean, I kind of get that. But it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm literally this, I don't digging. have an issue with this movie. You're digging to find something. Yeah. I, I think that that's, yeah. Um, All right. What's what the about, next category? Friend? Let's do originality. So, and, and this is a really important one to do with these ones. Um, originality is where we talk about how creative the movie is and how it stood out. Did it need to be made? And if it was based off of source material, does it add anything or, or, or does it set itself apart? Chuck Palahniuk says Yes. So yeah, I and I will say Fight Club even though if you've listened to past episodes Nick and I really are we're we're pretty strict about this if it was made from source material it's really hard for something to be original if like you could just read the book first. Yes. Um with the exception of The Prestige which again I have to say is a very bad book. Um <laughs> but I've so I've read all of Chuck Palahniuk's books, almost all of them. I haven't read his short stories, and I've read Fight Club a few times. This is still a seven for me. 
because of what Oles and uh, or Oles and uh, David Fincher. I want to call them that because it sounds funnier. What they what they stamp on it for their own image is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, because it not only it do, it basically it doesn't overly rely on the book and it doesn't ruin any part of the book. So like you know how like a movie could really like fuck up something yeah. that you like about a book, this doesn't do it. And this is an incredibly difficult book to adapt. I think all of his except for Rant are really hard to adapt and I need Rant to be made. You don't um, you think Rant would be easy to adapt? I get with the interviews it would be hard, but the story of Rant would really work. I I think oh, it would be so weird, but yeah. you get, I think it'd be better as a show. I agree with that. That would yeah. be fine. Especially if Rant ended up being a series like he had intended. I Ooh. think he handles the repeating. Chuck Palahniuk will have certain lines in his book that he'll repeat throughout. And this movie does it well. I think the narration really works in this. Um, the I, I love the willingness to change the story and the dialogue while keeping things that he realizes are essential to the book. So like, for instance, there are little things that just make the movie funnier. So there's like this famous moment where in, in the movie they're having sex. And after they have, after he has sex with um, Marla for the first time, Tyler, he's saying, and the shit that this girl says, and it cuts back. And originally she was supposed to say, I want to have your abortion. And this person, a producer on the film was like, the uh was like no you can't fucking put this in the movie that's disgusting and uh david fincher and ools or whatever were like listen you gave us we we have final rights on this so we'll make a deal with you because we want to make this work we're gonna put in a different line than that and you have to accept whatever it is and what they put in is man i haven't been fucked like that since grade school and that's just like I, I have to say the the creative he he fully understands Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. And and it comes out in the in the Yeah. Thing. I mean if you haven't I haven't read Fight Club, but I've read a couple Chuck Palahniuk movies. I mean it that nails the tone of and his movie I mean the two books that what did I say I've read two of his movies? You, yeah. I think but I might read, have said that. You've read Survivor and I've Rant. I've read Survivor and Rant and the tone of them is the same tone that is in this movie. I, so I'm pretty weird. sure Fight Club, the book, is probably yeah. has the same type of tone. Yeah, there's a tonal it's the same as Survivor. They're, they're yeah, similar. there's a tonal theme in in Chuck Palahniuk's books, and this movie, more than any movie I've ever seen, is based on a book, nails that tone. Yeah, and I don't know how I can't. It's hard for me to describe how it nails that that tone, like how it accomplishes that feat. But it does. Like, it seamlessly blends all of the different categories that we've we we do on this podcast t- together. It sticks in people's mind. It's a cult favorite, but also like a popular favorite. Uh, the dialogue's impeccable. Like, I I need to read the book. Um, yeah, I'll get it to you. Yeah. Well, I I also wanted to talk dealer, a little bit. So. Like, there are themes in the movie that are more laid out that I think are incredible. And it comes into the originality, the like creativeness of his writing. Um, the whole themes of like upbringings and fathers. Mm. Um, it's really big in the book and in this, but like they really, in the book, they, they harp on it a little bit more, but it, it really is like a generation of men raised by women who were abandoned by their fathers. And if your father was your image of God and your father leaves, what does that tell you about God yeah. is such a brilliant thing. But what mm. it, 
what they handle really well in the movie is this idea of masculinity as a way of taking control of your life, like becoming a hyper-masculine person so that you can, hmm. well, let go of control, but like take control of yourself instead of buying into all these other things. And they do it really well with like over time, like you'll see background characters will eventually later in the movie be part of the fight club. Yeah. Like he, because his father abandons him, he becomes a father, a manipulative godlike father. Everyone's terrorist daddy. Exactly. And I think that they handle that. Well, I think that the, I, the themes of the way that they handle insomnia is unlike a lot of other movies. I think what's really creative about it is how much things have copied fight club since the movie and the book. Yeah. Both in style, the visual style, and I mean, like Mr. Robot is yeah, Fight Club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it absolutely is, and it's so. Uh, what I really found this watch that I'd never really, I guess I knew it before, but I never really thought about it, is that part of the twist is that he's an insomniac because he was letting, he wasn't letting Tyler out. Yeah, at first. And then he let Tyler out, and he thinks that he's sleeping, but he's never sleeping. He's, he's just, just out of their Tyler. Yeah. And I had never really... I'd, I don't know. I've probably seen the movie like 10 times, and it never really clicked fully. I, I, I guess it's partly had, but never clicked fully that that's what's happening. And it's unresolved childhood trauma yeah and it's mostly because his father abandoned him yeah and he says it multiple times i didn't realize how much they say it in the movie uh one thing i will say for for anyone that's interested in reading the book what i what i really like what i think is better i think the ending is better in the movie than the book even though the book has a great ending but they really marla is way more important in the book like literally everything he does is because of marla Whereas what I really like what Fincher does is Fincher and Ulls is that they ran away with the concept of uh, fatherhood um, mm-hmm. and, and that. So uh, I give it a seven. Uh, I don't know what you I thought. I give it a seven. Nice. Love to hear it. What about Machinist originality? Um, I gave the Machinist a four. Interesting. Because it comes after Fight Club. It clearly takes some ideas from Fight Club. It's an original screenplay, but I don't think it's the most original, original screenplay of all time. And I think a lot of that is because the dialogue is kind of subpar to me, um, yeah. like a good amount of it. And I'm kind of turned off by movies that don't have great dialogue that I really enjoy. That being said, there's obviously huge bright spots and there are parts of it that are original. But I think that overall, it's kind of like a, reminds me a little bit of like Memento and Fight Club and you know, a couple other sort of noir-ish movies blended together. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really well said. I, I'm giving it, <laughs> wow, Nick, new, you talk for a, a new living. drinking game for yeah. our podcast. Whenever <laughs> well said. Gabe says, well, that's pretty well said. Yeah, that is rare. So you wouldn't drink much. No, you say it all the time. Um, I just don't know uh, how much you mean it. A ri- no, I definitely mean it. <laughs> um, I gave it a slightly above average. So yeah, not based off of a book and I really like that, but it yeah. is definitely borrowing from Fight Club and and just Palinak in general. I honestly. think it borrows from a lot of different things. And that's right. what that's what the main reason for the average score is. I actually I kind of like how obviously in through the dialogue they do this. I like how obviously they make obvious they make it that 
it's in his head. Like Ivan is such a fake character, but it's what I like about Ivan and his character. He really reminds me more of like Shutter Island where it's Mm. this villain that he conjures up in his head. So he, so he can avoid admitting fault for what he did and take responsibility for his actions. But it's also that villain is guiding him to the truth. And in the end, he follows Ivan so that he can go turn himself in. Yeah. Like he's, I'm not going to be this disgusting, uh, villain. Um, what, what is great Mm. is that you don't really understand why it's so fake. Like when you're watching the movie, you're like, what is happening? Like every time he's in the diner, I'm like, this sounds like a fifties movie. And his character is like a guy who works in a factory um or he's he's a machinist he like he welds and shit um but like even the bar scene they make you know ivan isn't real in that scene they really make you know that but you don't know why and that's what i think is clever about this movie because the movie is guiding you to this um i'd say both these movies make it really terrifying for me to not be able to sleep and it's handled well in both um (laughs) but in the case of this movie he really wants to sleep he cannot – oh, no, no, no. He, he wants to stay awake and not sleep because if he falls asleep, he might think about what he did. Yeah. And I, I like that. I think the twists are pretty well laid out. I'm going to give it a five just in terms of average yeah, films. The, I think it's slightly above. The more you're talking about it, the more I'm like, did I kind of misread part of The Machinist and like want too much out of it? But – I didn't notice until this time how fake the dialogue was, but I like that it was. Yeah, but it's intentional, which yeah. I like. So it's I'm like, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm actually changing originality to a five. Okay, sick. That's how this podcast works, baby. Yeah, I think it, maybe I misread some of this here. And I think it's because we put it up against the the be-all, end-all. That's true. I, of this type of, of movie. Of this type of movie. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, well, that's fives from both of us for originality. Let's move on to our next category, actoring. Actoring is where we talk about the performances and um, how good or bad the acting was and the the supporting cast and if the directors and writers gave them the tools that they needed to perform at the best of their abilities. I'd say we start with The Machinist. I think it's sure. a little bit easier. I'm at an average. Did you know that Christian Bale got skinny for this movie? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it is fucking horrifying how skinny it's... he gets. If you didn't want to watch this movie, that's fine. Just You've probably seen the gif of him doing the little like penguin thing. I mean, there are moments where you see him in this movie and you're like, how does a, a person stay alive? Like, how did he do that and not accidentally die? And I'm sure people, when he was doing it, he wasn't told to do that, by no. the way. He wasn't told to lose that much weight. But he was like, he read the script and he's like, wow, this guy would lose a lot of weight because he just couldn't sit down and think about things for too long. Yeah. And I, I think... Oh, the way he eats the chicken. Oh, God. So, what's so, so interesting nasty, about this dude. movie is... It, when someone does a weight change like that, I always ask, like, why? Did it need to happen? Did you need to lose weight or could you have done it um, through CGI or the padding The movie is or something? significantly worse if he doesn't do it. I agree. And I also think it, it. this is one of those few cases where it changes Christian Bale into another character just by virtue of not looking the same. Yeah. And generally, you could see Christian Bale, like, peeping, even when he played Dick Cheney really well. Like, you could see him peeking through a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um it just worked. I but I it also makes the movie like way like you said like it makes the movie more famous than it would have been. Absolutely. Um, 
I just can't believe he got to that level for a relatively under the radar movie. Yeah. But I do what I what works about it is you could see how exhausted and confused he is at every moment and a lot of that has to do with he's so fuck it like if you're hungry like you would be going mad like the scene where he loses his shit at his like prostitute girlfriend. Yeah. That he calls a, I think he's like, you're just a hooker. Um, when he gets mad at her, it's like, dude, you would believe that this like really He's skinny like, guy would do that. What are you talking about? That's a picture of you and some freaking fat dude. Oh my god, the part <laughs> when he's, I, I, so Christian, I think Christian Bale is still great in it. Like, he, I mean, he's one of my favorite actors ever. Yeah. But the part that really puts him over the edge, like really good acting wise, is the very end when he's looking at himself in the mirror and he's like, I know who you are. I know who you are. I know who you are. And it's like, dude, he's, it's, it reminds me of Nightcrawler. I also oh, yeah. don't hate Jennifer Jason Lee in this movie. And that is, this might be the only movie I don't hate her in. Dr. Ventress? Yeah. Dr. Ventress? Dr. Vent, uh, I, <laughs> I still don't get why she's famous. Like, she, she's not, she's not that great. No. So I gave it a six, and it's largely because I don't really like her, and I don't like Ivan. Oh my god, dude! But I know one. why he's he gonna like have that. to wait. It's military. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I know why he's like that, but I feel like he could have been a different like that, and it would have been better for me. But I mean, I'm still giving it a six. It's still well above average. Christian Bale's just a crazy son of a bitch for what he did. He ate like apples and cigarettes for like months. Apples, he cigarettes, and coffee. C- he <laughs> ate cigarettes. <laughs> he didn't eat them, but he just smoked. Yeah, he did it c- so he would puke. He smoked cigarettes so he could. Uh, ew, no. So he so it would you know curb his appetite. So he just smoked cigarettes all the time, and he just basically just ate apples. Yeah, that's fucked. That's disgusting. I mean, and drank coffee, and that's like all he did. And it's just like it's, but it's not just that. And tuna, and tuna, tuna. tuna yeah. That's right, tuna and apples. God, mm. that actually doesn't sound that bad. Uh, yeah, because you're tuna all with mayo. Like he was eating just straight just up straight tuna, tuna baby, yeah. like a freaking cat. Uh, but it's not just that. It's not just that he's skinny and horrifying. It's also that he's giving a really nuanced, high quality performance, like he always does. And um, it, it's just, it's just really like raw. Like he doesn't, yeah. And it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't hit you the same way if he's not 125 pounds or whatever he is. Yeah, uh, totally. But I wonder, like, so I, I'm at, I really I, don't think the movie's as good if it's if it's like who's another actor that was in the early 2000s that could have done. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like maybe like Joaquin Phoenix, I guess. But it was before Joaquin Phoenix was really like a great actor. Yeah. He was still in like Signs and shit. Um, which is not bad. And, um, I agree with you. I, my, my issue, I think more is the side characters and there mm-hmm. are a decent amount of side characters in this. Like, I know that they're giving the fake dialogue, which I like, but I don't think Etana Sanchez Gijon, Gijon, How do you if it starts that? with a G, is it Gijon? Does it G U G I J O N? I think it's G. If it starts, I think it's G. Like, Guadalupe. Usually there's an I. Usually there's a U. Yeah. Okay. But Gihon uh, is. I don't think she's good at acting at all. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Which and it almost works. Yeah. Ultimately, but I like some of the side. I like the guys that work in the factory. I think the guy that loses the hand is really good. Yeah, he's a great. Miller. Reg E. Kathy, the guy who um, 
he has that really soothing voice. The older guy that like helps him out of the, when his hand gets stuck and he's like, fuck you, dude. Like I just helped you. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I love, I, this is what I just started laughing about. I looked at my notes, the, the actor's reaction, the actor, when he bursts in on the stall and that guy's getting fucked. Oh yeah. That guy's reaction is is it's like it's like if Kyle Mooney had was fucking someone in a stall and you walked in on him. Uh, I'm giving it a four. I think it's pretty. I it, I really want really? to give it more because of Christian Bale, but I I it's not even my favorite Christian Bale performance at all. I actually it's not even my favorite skinny Christian Bale performance. That goes to the fighter. Yeah. But he's great in it. I don't get me wrong. I just don't. Th- it's so everyone else is just a standard actor in it. Okay. I'd be I, after we talk about Fight Club. Maybe I'll move it up to uh, a okay. five. But I mean, Fight Club's an obvious seven. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I was I was fluctuating because I wanted to be like kind of fair. I don't know. So like, why is it a seven for you? I mean, how could it not? I, I don't see how it could not be. Like, of all the categories, this one was the easiest one for me to say a seven. Because because Brad Pitt is just putting on this, like, masterclass performance. Yeah. I, his Maybe his best performance ever. Yeah, I really like... you. We've had this discussion, but I really like um, supporting actor Brad Pitt more than lead yeah, actor absolutely. Brad Pitt. And so I would say this is his best, like, he's the second lead. Yeah, but he's still kind of the supporting actor to Edward it's Norton. It's like this snatch and Burn After Reading are so high up for me. <laughs> Burn After... Oh, my God. You thought it was a shwing. You think that's a sh- <laughs> uh. I mean... Ed, but Edward Norton is also, like... He doesn't have as much... Uh, he doesn't have as much fun or get to have as much fun, but he is so good in yeah. this role. Like, he's... They're both casted perfectly total especially i mean what more book, can you yeah. say i don't i don't know what else you could say about those two alone uh so nothing so i won't it's just like the italian kissy face like Mwah. i uh i wrote down you know, I, it's I, like my so i think edward norton's great in spicy this. is this sp- no we're not doing that it's racist uh That's why i didn't do the accent um Edward Norton is great in it. He's one of my favorite actors. It's not my favorite performance by him, but it is. That goes he's perfectly casted into it. Um, he, <laughs> his narrating is really good, and and yeah. I normally hate over narrated movies, but his narr- he has a perfect voice for this. I don't to- because of his voice. I don't totally. I don't totally believe that a bunch of men would follow him. I just don't believe they would find him to be a I do kind of wish we get to see more of it. And we get to see Tyler Durden as Tyler Durden. He's so he's not I don't think he's actually named Tyler Durden. Well, everyone thinks his name is Tyler Durden. Yeah, right, Durden. right. Exactly. Yeah. I <laughs> we mean, don't I, know I we don't know any other name for him. I, I just I I, we, I do kind of wish we get to see him as as Tyler Durden more though. Yeah. At least once. Yeah. I think like above all, I think like Brad Pitt handles Chuck Palahniuk lines really well things that would just normally not just be it's like almost like in true detective season two when when vince vaughn didn't really understand how to do like nick pizzolato dialogue and it just sounded like cool lines being said by the worst person to say it um (laughs) so i but i do think brad brad pitt was handed a golden platter of of these lines by chuck palanuk and the screenwriter but he just 
gobbled it up and turned it into just rock hard abs, just incredible abs. Um, and rose tinted glasses. I gotta say, I normally do not like Helena Barnum Bonham Carter. HBC, dude. She HBC. Absolutely, this is my favorite performance by her. I think she's absolutely. every single time I watch this, I realize how much depth you know. You could really see the sadness in her yeah. eyes every moment that she she realizes like the, this this guy that I actually am falling for, even though I I like him because he treats me like a piece of shit is like. It's, it's not just, well. It's, it's incredible. It's like acting that n- almost no other actress can and do. It's, I think part of it is because you're so focused on on the narrator and Tyler Durden that you don't you you in your mind treat her like shit. Yeah, like you're you not think paying, she's a disgusting type. Of yeah, person. you're not paying attention to her and you don't like her because you're being told that she's gross and bad. But, but, the, uh, but she, the main characters are so gross and so bad. Well, and at least she has emotional maturity and right. is not actually. She's just probably had like a bad upbringing. And stuff. it's yeah, I I really I also, like serious props to her for this movie. Like I I didn't really like hone in on that until this watch. I don't think. Yeah, I I mean, it, so I'm not. I'm giving it a seven. I uh, the side performances are also really great, and I think David Fincher really nails the absurd side characters that almost don't seem believable in a story, but he fits them into a story well. So, like, yeah, the young detective cop in uh, Gone Girl, like, is oh, yeah, is yeah. not a he's just like almost too fake of a character, but it works for the story. With this, it's great. I mean. You have people like that woman that plays Chloe is so fucking great. Oh, yeah. Chloe. Chloe looked the way Meryl Streep's skeleton would look if you made it smile and walk around the party being extra nice to everybody. It's That's just an amazing – first of all, that's an incredible uh, – I think that's not even from the book. Um, I can't remember. Um, is that line in the movie? I think – yeah, that's in the movie. He says that wow. when when you wow. get introduced to her. But then wow. when she like shows up – when she's saying like, and, and uh, I'm so close to death and all I want is just to get laid one last time. And she's like, I have pornographic movies and uh, vibrator and amyl nitrate. And she goes like right into the uh, mic. I think Zach <laughs> Renier, the guy who plays the boss, is great. But I especially think you should watch the show Devs because he's amazing in Devs. It's oh, the first shit. That's, it's the first yeah. time he gets a chance to be like this great character. And then all the other Meatloaf and Holt McCallany are age great. Between then and now, I no, feel he looks like he exactly, looks exactly the, same. the same. But he's like buffer. But he, I, when I watched Fight Club, I was like, oh, he seems like a normal boss, like, you know, this white uh, white shirt boss. But he's... White collar. Yeah, like a white collar. Thank you. White collar boss. But, like, he's also kind of a fucking piece of... He's like a white of, shirt. A, he's like a bully in this, too. He's the worst. Um, he's really bad. He's like, who do you clean think yourself you are, you little up. shit? <laughs> oh, my God. The the scene where he... where they, This was one of my favorite Edward Norton scenes. Is when he he's walking out. When he well, no, oh. when he's walking out is great, and when he beats himself up in the office because he's like so determined. He's like, but what if I was an outside consultant? No, the scene where he he's like the first rule of Fight Club is you do not. T- what is this? Is this yours? And then he like gives him the whole yeah, like oh, you yeah. should not. This person's gonna come around with a semi assault. Uh, the uh, semi-automatic weapon, like pumping from office to office, and then when he just grabs the paper, he's like, "Or you shouldn't just give me every little piece of trash you happen to find around the office." Will you excuse me? I gotta take this. Yeah. <laughs> like it's great. So um, I'll give it a seven. <laughs> um, 
You know what else yeah, is really yeah. great? Real real quick, I just want to touch on it, and it's mostly because I hate him and he gets his ass handed to him, is Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto's good. I, I He's have, really uh, great. We didn't talk about But mostly because before, he gets his I... shit knocked out of him, and I hate Jared Leto. So. Oh, he, he just wanted to destroy something beautiful. Um, let's talk about I have destroyed his eye candy. It blossomed. What? Uh, let's talk about eye candy. Uh, eye candy is where we just talk about the visual elements of the movie. Um, yeah. What'd you think about Fight Club? This is the only category that I thought about giving it a six in, but I gave it a seven. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way, and I might. Okay, if you're gonna give it a seven, I'm going all in because, like, it's just so iconic the way everything looks. And something I really was like, okay, I'm gonna knock, I'm gonna knock it, I'm gonna knock it in in eye candy. Oh, yeah, you're gonna, I'm knock, gonna it. knock it, dude. <laughs> and uh, and then the airplane crash scene happened and i was like damn it this scene is so viscerally disturbing every time i watch it it's and incredible. it's a movie made in like when did fight club come out 90, 1999 99 right yeah. Yeah. i mean like it is viscerally upsetting to watch that scene happen so upsetting and it goes on for a like a few seconds longer than you think it is too and you're just like Ah, no. Dude, I am terrified of flying. I hate that scene. Please, no more of this scene. Yeah, it makes you feel Uh, so icky about flying. Life insurance pays off triple if you die in a work... uh, What is it? If you die on a a business trip. Oh, yeah. I hope... This is one of those things that Chuck Palahniuk... Read his books. He does research on shit like that so he could put it in the book. I hope that's not real. You know, he wrote this... This is off subject. Did, Did... do you know how he wrote this? Yeah, so he he like he got in wrote, a fight at a campsite, and then he went back to work, and none of the coworkers asked him why he looked like he'd been in a fight, and he was like, "I wonder if they just don't want to be." It's always bet if like you look that that way, people won't ask you yeah. what's going on. Yeah, and he wrote just the he wrote like just a chapter, like a little manuscript based mm. off of it, and then adapted it. And he actually couldn't. So he and then he wrote Invisible Monsters. Uh, oh no, no! Like Fight Club was like too disturbing to publish, so he wrote Invisible Monsters, which I have to tell you is is much more disturbing, or it might be the other way around. But yeah, interesting. Anyways, it's full of iconic imagery. It's burned into people's minds and hands. And Brad Pitt's wardrobe is beyond amazing, dude. The I, this is the first time I noticed how great the robe is. <laughs> the robe <laughs> with the big mugs all over it that look like patches that come off the robe. Yeah, they're like really thick mugs yeah sewn onto it yeah um well just like the aesthetic of this movie just the fact that so much copies this yeah so many things copy it and it's done into it to it like i said before it matches the style that palinuk writes visually somehow they just and i don't know if that's like hindsight bias like I read books after I saw the. Uh, no, Fight I just Club. think I just think Fincher and Palinuk are very similar people, honestly. Yeah, in the way that they view just, the world. Yeah, maybe just the way that they present the world to others too. It, I mean, it's just like, and the editing is so good. Yeah, there are certain frames too. The way that they frame certain things that are just, just so well done. Yeah, and then I think what put me, I was like, I'm gonna knock the 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 cgi and then the plane scene and the explosions at the end are just like god damn it but, and i know it's not a, i know it's not a visual thing but 
where is my mind at the end is just always but like it, I watch w- the whole. But you now, of time. when you hear "Where is my mind," you think of that image of them almost looking like a heart shaped symbol yeah. standing next. It's my favorite image, maybe in every in any movie. Yeah, which is absurd because I kind of sound like the people that were like. Um, uh, with Daenerys in Game of Thrones and the dragon wings are behind her and someone's like someone needs to put this in the hall of fame of like cinematography and I was like shut up but I feel the same way with Fight Club Fair. which is CGI I, uh, I I was hovering between a 6 and a 7 because of the CGI as well but I think it really works because this movie is partly about the turn of the century and the fears of the turn of the century. So those CGI things remind us of the year 1999. And it's supposed to be a 1999 movie. It is not supposed to take place at any other time. It was perfectly um, it was perfectly released in terms of that. I also, Nick, uh, I like this a lot when it's done well. Nick is not as much of a fan, but there are certain movies, like Fincher has a tint that he uses. Oh, yeah. Denis Villeneuve has a tint that he uses. Um, Christopher Nolan, to a certain degree, has a tint that yeah. he uses. I think that the tint and coloring for this works really well, And other, whereas other, other directors would fuck it up, like Zack Snyder or something. <laughs> But I think the lighting in general is great. But then I remember. But then when I was as long rewatching, as the whole movie's not yellow. Yeah, I but I was rewatching and I was like, oh, he actually doesn't use the tint in every scene. So like the the scene with him and his boss when he beats himself up yeah. is very bright. Yeah, and it's crisp because David Fincher loves digital. I think that's why I don't mind it much in this movie. Because yeah, yeah, it's there, but it, it's not. It's not uh, in your face. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I, I don't even really... There's, like, certain images, like the image... Like, everyone knows the image of Marla Singer when you first see her and the cigarette smoke is billow, billowing out of her mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Cronenweth is the guy who does uh, his cinematography, and his dad is also the one who did uh, Blade Runner and uh, some the other Crone famous Zone. movies. <laughs> the Crone Zone. Yeah, The Crone Zone, dude. Um but he, I, I just, I love the visual style. Um, the way they film the sex scene is a very, very, very high tech thing yeah. that required a, like a shit ton of cameras all around it, like in a 360 view. And it is 20 seconds of the movie. And if you need to, we need to remind you again to go watch a video breaking down how David Fincher makes his movies. He's a nutcase. Yeah. He puts so much more into it than he needs. He's an artiste. Um, yeah. I also don't, I don't really like the intro credits. I, I know that they're starting in the area of your brain where like anger comes from or whatever. And they're the working amygdala. their way. Yeah. yeah. And they're make wake. But I, I do like that. It works its way out onto the gun and the way that they start the movie, like they're like, Oh wait, rewind. And then it goes back and, the, and then the editing comes in, which is great. Yeah. So if I had to knock it, it would be that. And, and really it's like 10 seconds. Of no the movie. copy that. Uh, a lot of people. Yeah. But the one I always think of is the, or the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the exact. And that was, thing. I think that's the next year. I think that came out in 2000 Did or really? 2001. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Anyways, the same shit. I, I'm giving it a seven. Wow, I'm so happy that you gave it a seven. What about seven. eye candy for the machinist? I give it a four. Yeah. I don't think it has the best lighting, costuming, or set design. If anything, it's kind of this like weird, generic-looking design that I can't like. I can't verbally describe as much as I tried to. This is the category I started writing first when I wrote my notes because I know my notes took me forever this time. 
I cannot think of how to describe it other than it's just like very movie. It's very movie bleak. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this movie's bleak, so everything's going to be sort of grayish, sort of greenish, sort of yellowish, sort of like brownish, and most of it's going to occur... It's like silver. Like shrouded in... Yeah. But it's like gray. It's like, yeah, it's super gray. It's it's like... It's such, it's such a movie tint. It's right. one step away from being black and white at times, and it's just like yeah. not fun to watch. And like, I get it. They're, like, the movie makes choices. Like, everyone... You know, every movie makes choices. I just, like, don't like the way that it looks. It's just, like, so obviously fake. Just like, you know. And, and again, I could be misreading that. And it could be that that's the intent yeah. because his life is really, like, his reality is also fake. A lot of what, what's happened, what's happening to him is made up or... I kind of wish that they made the fantasy parts. I think it would be too obvious, but I wish they made the fantasy parts of his mind different color and the bleakness of his life of insomnia and depression. And they kind uh, of are, but like, but I would not, but those are the same. I would like it for. So here's the thing. You know what it actually looks like? It looks like how some memory sequences look in mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. And I don't like that the movie looks that way, but the memory, it, when he goes back to the memory, it looks normal again. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's big, thick. And fail. I get that. It's because this this trauma has fucked up his life, and now he sees everything in this gray tent because his life is meaningless, and he's hiding the fact that uh, it's meaningless because of something that happened. Um I just, I, it's like supposed to be monotonous and I, and I like that. I wish it could be more fantastical in it, whenever it's him imagining things. I do like the way that they make Ivan because they make him so fake. And in the back, there's a scene where you first meet him in the background, there's the lightning and stuff and yeah. it looks really cool CGI wise. Um, when he's in cause his it's car. so fake. Yeah. They're both in their cars. Some of the shots though. But one thing I will I, I will give I'm giving it a slightly below average a three. Interesting. One thing I I do I like the shots they get him at different angle. It, it's disturbing, but they get him at different angles of his skinny nature. Yeah, and it they really handle those shots well to really they're like refracting away so you don't really ha- like just like him you won't admit what's really happening before your eyes. Yeah. Um, uh, I do well I think the well editing played. is also very very good in this movie. Um, it's, it's, it, the story keeps on a good pace and it's going back and forth between certain things, whether they be nightmares or, or reality and, and skipping back and forth in reality like they do at the beginning. So I like that. I will say there's one scene that is hilariously awful looking in terms of CGI and out, outdated. And it's when he gets hit by the car. It looks so fucking funny. Please rewatch the scene when that uh, bug, that beetle fucking hits him. It looks so unrealistic. I guess I didn't notice it. He goes flying like a stick. Like, you just rewatch it. I'm going to give it a three. I I just... Interesting. It sucks when a movie like... Like, Fight Club needed to look the way it looked, which looks outdated, but it's purposeful for 1999. For this one, it's like... Man, if this was made today, it looks so much better. Yeah. And if it was a better director, Brad Anderson is whatever. And we'll pause here for a commercial break. Just going to note it is 37 to perfect score. Uh, when we come back from our break, we'll find out if Fight Club uh, it does have a perfect score. 
And we're back, and it does get a perfect score because I gave Fight Club a seven for Legacy, which is our uh-oh. next category and a category where uh-oh, we talk about uh-oh, uh-oh. how the movie has stood the test of time um, and uh, how it is burned into everyone's minds and on the posters of everyone's walls. Yeah, every posters dorm room has a Fight Club poster or a Pulp Fiction poster. That's and if it sure. doesn't, it's not a real dorm. Yeah, it's fuck a you. Yeah. For drugs. Get your babe pig in the city poster off the wall. <laughs> Get your Bridget Jones baby poster off the wall. What? The That's the hell third movie. In is the it happening? Bridget Jones legacy. Oh my god. All right. I mean, you gave Fight Club a seven. Yeah. I legacy. gave it an eight. What? I you gave can't it. Do that. I know. I gave it a seven. I actually have you a few. Can't re- triple. I have a few a reasons stand? why it's a seven. I mean. Here's the thing. When it came out, it was not well liked it, uh, in theaters. It, it didn't do really well in theaters. Um, it, the critics did not really understand it. And I think that you needed another. I Even though it became this cult classic on VHS and DVD, I think you really needed that extra. Year. You needed to get to 2000 to understand how important this movie is. And honestly, you should keep rewatching it over decades because it is a good, so relevant. It's kind of a good terrorist game. It is definitely. Um, it's also. It's also. It's also, one of it's the also, top. It's also also definitely Mr. Robot. The same. Thing. Oh, definitely. And and I had a big issue with Mr. Robot season one. Even though I I think season one of Mr. Robot's one of the best seasons same. of any television same, show. Same. I knew that when we were watching it together. I knew after the first episode, crushing debt. Bad. That the dad. Yeah. Um. It is ranked very high. It's it's the eleventh top rated movie on IMDb. Um, the As ringer, the ringer did 19, uh, a whole thing on 1999 last year, mm. um, because it's considered one of the best movie years of all time. And they even put fight club at the top. And I would say a lot of guys at the ringer wouldn't say, don't talk about it very often. Mm. Um, this is like a, this movie is like a boy cinephiles wet dream. Yeah. It's, it, it's like this and Donnie Darko really make you like care about analyzing <laughs> movies. Darko. These like. Uh, smaller these movies that everyone talks about like every boy yeah. talks about how you need to watch that but I think this movie becomes more and more relevant and you especially like when we're becoming more woke to the fact that America is this sick capitalistic n- nightmare yeah capitalist nightmare Um, I rewatch this movie all the time I could watch this movie a hundred times in a year and it would not I would not get sick of it um, I, you mentioned it earlier, I think where's my mind, where's my mind is now one of my favorite songs. I'd put it if I had like a top 10 Island playlist, you know, if I was on, stranded on a desert Island, I would keep it. And it's because of the image and the, at the end, I love thinking about that. And because one of my favorite bands, news of the fire did a killer cover of it. I actually, I love that cover. We, yeah. When Nico said Nico killed Man. it. Um, and, and Blake, I think did the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I quote this movie very often. Um, I I think about a lot of the quotes all the time. Like, this is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. Mm. Um, and the on a long enough timeline, the the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. I, I I love everything. Um, I also think about the scene with his job where he's describing the recall formula, oh, and then yeah. when she says, "In what car company do you work for?" He goes. A major one. I think about that scene all the time, and I bet it's true. 
I bet it's something like that is true. It's got to be. It's disgusting. Also, yeah, we already talked about the Fight Club effect. Also, I'm going to start because of this movie, I'm going to start calling my morning poops my uh, uh, grande latte enema. Like he says at the beginning. I never caught that line until this time. That's not, that's what he meant by that? He says, yeah. Because his boss just walks over right after probably his poop because he's looking assertive and dominant in the work place and they're t- and they talk about uh starbucks they put starbucks yeah. and everything yeah I-, I mean i gave it a seven it's just one of the That's most iconic movies of all time hands down like yeah. there's not else there's not a whole lot else you can say for sure and then whether for better or worse the movie is burned into a bunch of dudes minds forever fuck yeah well my only problem is that the legacy of this movie and i was saying this to nick before is yeah. like you can't like, I can't sit and meet an adult and be like, Fight Club is my favorite movie because they're going to be like, what, that, like, boys movie about masculinity and beating people up? And I'm like, you missed the point. And yes, you're right. That boys movie where they're the masculine. Beat up, yeah. The beat up movie. No, but the, it's an incredible film. Uh, what about, let's finish off with The Machinist Legacy. Uh, Machinist, I mean, it's mostly famous for Christian Bale losing weight, right? I think the gif of him doing the little like pan- I could, just describing it like a penguin yeah, is does. more famous than the rest of this movie. It, it's not fa- I don't think I, it's not famous for much more, but but people seem to really like it. It has good, you know, reviews online, you know, audience score was relatively high. It's a solid movie. Uh so I'm just going to give it a 5 and just be done with it there. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, here. I one thing about the machinist is in this is another one of those like this is instead of like a college boys like boy cinephile movie this is like a high school boy cinephile movie where you're like whoa mine like lucky number slevin is one of those (laughs) and it's like donnie darko a lot like that but i don't think it's as creative and it has a worse legacy like i donnie darko is still top 10 movie for me just because i i think i think about it a lot and how creative the story is i think it's memorable um, and it's definitely a part of conversations. Like you could bring up the machinist and someone will want to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, people know what it is. Yeah. And the, and the like plot, the bail, the weight changes. This is what made like Christian Bale doing these crazy weight changes, like a big thing. Cause I think this is in between. Yeah, this is, it's, a, it's a major reason why I'm giving it an above average because yeah. everyone knows what the movie is. Yeah. Even if they haven't seen it. It's, but I think like the fucking I think the lasting legacy. I'm gonna give it a three because okay. I think the lasting That's legacy fair. of this movie is this is a weird small movie with a crazy twist and a person who lost way too much weight for literally no reason. It was like hey, when Jared Leto significantly better. It's like when Jared Leto gained like 70 pounds to play the killer of uh, John Lennon for a movie that no one has fucking seen, like Chapter 23 or something, and. Cause there's like, didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Cause I guess he, the guy who killed John Lennon is one of those people that thinks that there's this missing chapter in uh catcher in the rye and it like create, what it's not good. But what I'm saying is sometimes actors will do this for a movie. That's absolutely not going to be like 50 cent 50. Yeah. 50. I was just about to say that when he plays <laughs> a cancer patient uh, or football player that gets cancer and loses, he 50 Cent goes from one of the buffest. He was so buff that he stopped seven bullets going into his chest. <laughs> and then he lost all that weight. <laughs> uh, anyways, I'm giving it a three. Do you have a final score? I do. It's 45 to 70. Oh, this got a... Oh, fuck. We get, this is our first... No, double perfect? Uh, Parasite. We did both perfect. Did we do double perfects? Double perfects. Uh, Dubs fight, Wow. 
Wow, I don't I don't know if Nick just did this for me because I threatened no, no. him multiple times before we did I, I this didn't, episode. I didn't. I love Fight Club. Okay, I'd love to hear it. Don't have uh, I haven't had an erection for an hour. Okay, yeah, in five it, minutes. It, it hurts, and I'm thinking about calling <laughs> someone. Um, let's get it. So seventy to what? Forty-five to forty-five. Damn, which is a good score. It is a good score. It's just dwarfed by the movie that inspired it. So that makes sense. Yeah. Let us break down some accolades. Let's give out awards to these movies. Accolades. I think there's one MVP for this. The thing that won the the thing that won the movies. Sleep. We learned the value of sleep. I've known the value of sleep for about an hour and five minutes, and here's why. Whoa. According to a New York oh, Times article, it's not not great, man. According to a New York Times article uh, from June 24th, 2010, called Can You Die of Insomnia? Spoiler alert, you can. That's not in the title, but that's what I would add to the title. There is a condition called fatal familia insomnia, extremely rare uh, and um, familial. It's genetic. Uh, begins in midlife and progresses and to death kills. within one to two years. It does kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. It leads to panic, anxiety, hallucinations, rapid weight loss, complete sleep loss, dementia, and eventually death. It's neurological degeneration of the brain and linked to abnormal protein called a prion. This is my absolute nightmare for anyone that knows me. I have very bad sleep issues. Well, you don't have this. It, no. It's onset in midlife. You know why I don't have this? You a family member that died of this? No, but I. Yeah. you know why I don't have that? It's because I've, I'm dependent on over-the-counter sleeping pills, which is so bad. Anyways. Yeah, baby. Sleep one. I would say David Fincher's kind of the MVP because, like, he just – I can't believe how well he made that movie off of the book. Thank you, by the way, for the science there. It really hurt my head. Um, You're welcome. The Loser. What what lost, Nick? Uh, fragile masculinity, I think. True that, man. You're, you're on notice. Unresolved traumas. Yeah, deep-seated hey, trauma in men talk specifically. talk to people. Yeah, talk to people. If you got, if you're not sleeping because of something, fucking maybe take some shrooms talk or to something people. and figure it out. <laughs> talk to people. We're not advocating for drugs, but we might be. We are advocating for talking to people. And if those people are like, you should do shrooms with me, then hey, I mean, maybe, maybe it'll help you. You know, to each uh, their own, I suppose. I'm not advocating a, for anything. Let's build up an all star. I'm a neutral party. You are you are uh, a, a therapist, so beep, you beep, probably boop, should boop, be boop. careful with what you tell people to do. Talk to um, people. Yeah, that's great. Talk that's to your friends. Advice. Talk to your family members. Talk to a therapist. They're not that expensive. You have insurance, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. I hope. Well, you live in the United States if you're listening to this, except for our friends in Europe. Hi, friends in Europe. Um, let's have fun with your insurance. Yeah, friends have fun in with Europe. your insurance. Thanks for listening. Assholes. Talk to your uh, therapist about your damn insurance. All yeah, right, like, let's continue. Anyways, let's get let's build up an all star team. Let's pick five performances from these movies that we think stand the test of time and could be faced off against Bradley any other. Pitward. Yeah, Edward Nortonson. Yeah. Uh, HBC. Helen. HBC. Bonham. Carterian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, Christian. Cristiano, oh, Cristiano Bale, uh, <laughs> and then so uh, last we're gonna give this, and this is a big deal. So everybody it's, brace yourself. Doctor Ventress. We're giving Jennifer Jason Lee an all star spot because she is truly Dr. good Ventress? in The Machinist, and it might. Mm, there's a David Cronenberg movie that she's really good in. Um, 
existence. She's very good in that hmm. with uh, Jude Law. Um, okay, that's our all. She, she is legitimately great in, in the machine. She, she's, uh, this she's scene, the way that she cha- her emotions change when he throws the shit on the ground yeah. and she's trying to convince him that he's in the picture. Yeah. Like just imagining being in that scene is yeah. is unreal. I mean, so speaking of imagining and being a scene, who's our comeback player of the year? Our comeback player of the year is Jared Leto. Jared Leto. So this I this I definitely didn't ever clue on, in on until this movie. Imagine uh, being Jared Leto's character yeah. and having your mentor, the man you look up to more than anything, just congratulate you for the job well done that you did as the waiter. The waiter in the scene before yeah. Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt, Tyler Durden, and then the pats him scene. on the back, and he's just like, yeah, he like ruffles his hair, and then he just looks like. Like Jared Leto just looks so energized by it. Like he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, we got to split up? Yeah, my hair is sick. And then everyone runs in different directions. And then the very next scene, he gets brutalized. No, he by, gets permanently disfigured. Yeah, permanently disfigured by the same man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those scenes where you think about... It makes you really think about what it means for him, for Edward, or for and the narrator to have there. been the same person. Yeah. It's it's so, and this is why, I'm sure that this is why all those characters are scared of him. Because of, he's so insane. Yeah. I mean, the car ride, I love when the characters are looking at each other. When he's yelling at himself, he's like, look at you, you're fucking pathetic! Um, and they, they're looking at each other, and they're like... He's asking questions. He's telling them to shut up. Like, it's got to be so jarring to be in that. <laughs> That's a great perspective. And they just, I also just I think, mean, like, Jared Leto's performance, even yes. over the course yeah, of the yeah. movie, is great. And I hate Jared Leto. I hate him, too. Did you notice the part when, he's, so um, when he first gives the speech about where a generation of men raised by women were the waiters and, and everything? He's walking through, and he says, they, te- they teach you that you need to be um, businessmen. Uh, uh, athletes, rock stars, and he looks right at Jared Leto when he says rock stars. I'm gonna do that. That's cool, my David eyes, Fincher. Did you guys hear it? Yeah. Um, so I hate Jared. Leto. I also think Jennifer Jason Lee over time, of course. Yeah, of I, course. I've grown But I think like she's a better all star. Yeah. Six man. I'm so excited for this one, and Nick and I both agreed. It's Bob Stevenson as the airport uh, guy, the airport security guy that's telling him about. Uh, bombs and suitcases. You want to say it? Dude, tell <laughs> he, Oh my God. I love when he's like, and of course we don't use the definite article. It's never, it, it's always, or, or we use a, it, an article of a, a dildo, the dildo, never your dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't have a dildo. He just waves him away and starts scratching his head with a pencil. <laughs> the way, yeah, he's like he looks around. It's a dildo. Uh, he it is incredible. The guy's in the movie for a minute. It's so good. It's dude. so great. But Nick, guess what? This is the second time this man has won six man on our podcast. Really? He won for Lady Bird as the coach who comes in to oh my god, uh, yeah, do, do the theater play. <laughs> yeah. So Bob Stevenson, we absolutely oh, fucking love good. you. I will say runners up for six man. Who's the person who did the most with the least. I should have said, um, the, the woman who plays Chloe is incredible. Yes. Um, yes. And I have to say the guy who plays Lou, he's like, who am I? Who am I? Oh my God. There's a sign outside the tavern that says Lou's tavern. 
I'm fucking Lou. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? He's like, I swear on my mother's grave. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Um, anyways, those are our accolades. Nick, do you have any recommendations for people? Oh, boy. Um, are we going to do split personality movie recommendations? Oh, sure. Or movies oh, about... Watch, if you've never watched Mr. Robot, do it. Yeah. It's I mean, I was going to say, you got to do Mr. Robot. Uh, you know a movie I was thinking about recently that was on a list in my AP psych class in high school of movies you can watch about people with mental illness was uh, The Talented Mr. Ripley. So good. That movie's so good. That's about narcissism, isn't it? Yeah, he has yeah. narcissistic personality disorder, I think. Yeah. He may, it might just be antisocial. That movie is really disturbing. Disorder. Yeah, very. That's, that's a great that's a great one about mental yeah. illness. Um, I would say I I really like I I don't think this that everyone's going to like it, but I really like I'm thinking of ending things and it's one of these movies that I'm going to watch many many times and I think it will reward multiple watches like Fight Club. Mm. There's a lot of intention in that movie. Every single moment of it is important, like Fight Club. So I recommend it. It's a new Kaufman movie. Just know you're going to be confused as shit the entire way through, probably for days afterwards. Um, I recommend that you read some Chuck Palahniuk because he's my favorite author. Read Rant. Um, Nick loves Chuck Palahniuk. Previous guest of the podcast, Holly Annabelle. Uh, well, I guess she just goes by Holly Brown now. Holly Brown loves she, Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. She cut it. Um, Damn. she did cut it. Um, read fight club. It's really good. You could read it in a day. Um, read survivor. It's Nick and I, my yeah. favorite, um, Chuck Palahniuk read rant. It's very unlike. I just want the people to read his. rant because now I really need rant to be a, a it's a so series. rant is really good. It's very unlike the style of his other books. So if the style of the other books don't work for you, rant will work. Maybe work. Have for I told you, you that every time I think of rant, I imagine the main character as being Jack White. I can Every see time. that. I don't yeah. think he should play the character, but that's the that's the face I picked. I could, yeah, no, I could see that. I don't know why. That's pretty good. Maybe like Dane DeHaan could play him or yeah, something. I can see um, that. I also Invisible Monsters. His first book is is very good. Next week, music. We are going to be doing Aliens. That's the second one. Aliens versus. The Predator versus Aliens versus <laughs> yeah. Predator. We're not I mean. actually going to do that, but we will talk about it. Um, Aliens can be found right now on HBO Max, and Predator, the original one with Arnold, is going to be, I think it's on Stars, so you could get it through Hulu and through Amazon. It might be cheap to rent somewhere. We're doing that with Sean Leary, famous LA comedian, absolutely hilarious dude. Um, if you've been to a Don't Tell Comedy show, Chances are you've seen him. I'm so excited for that episode. Nick, do you... Oh, uh, you could also follow us on social media. <laughs> wow. I really would like you guys to follow us there. Uh, find us on Instagram, instagram.com slash facingoffpod, uh, or look up Facing Off. Uh, we just did an awesome bracket with quarantine battles for movie series. I don't know if you saw, but I think today is the... I think Harry Potter is about to beat the OG Star Wars, which we all predicted. Um, I voted. I wanted the OG Star Wars. It's probably the top three uh, favorite movie series of all time. But we're going to do more of these um, soon. So check us out there. And you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash facingoffpod, or look up Facing Off. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of tweets there. Make us famous. Make us go viral. Um, and send us emails if you want to. 
let us know how you're doing. Let us know how you rated these movies. Let us know movies that you want to do, you want us to do, or you want to come onto the podcast and do maybe. Yeah. Um, if you have ideas for uh, good uh, horror movie pairings, send them our way. Yeah, or Halloween movies and yeah. stuff. I know you guys are super excited for that since there's going to be so much to do on on. And Halloween's on a Saturday this year, which depresses the shit out of me. Gimme, gimme, um, gimme. Facing off podcast at gmail.com. That is our email. Do you have a send off, Nick? It's a dildo. Nick, you met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's go watch yeah. the new Bill and Ted.